Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode yes, 233. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. Uh, recently, uh, cops released an image of lusty couple accused of performing sex act at an Oakland A's game. All right, and here's a little bit of a backstory. Uh, they're what you call public fuckers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after they were kicked out of the stands for their raunchy display. Um, police uh, police in California have released a photo of a lusty couple who allegedly performed a sex act at the top of the stands during Sunday's Athletics Seattle uh, Mariners game. Uh, no arrests yet have been made, but the couple, a man in a black shirt and woman wearing pink pants, have been pictured on surveillance footage as they headed towards Ring Central Coliseum at the week or over the weekend. Earlier clips appeared to show the woman's head in the man's crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Although the resolution of the video was not clear, it was taken from across the ballpark. Nevertheless, it caught the attention of a fellow spectators who decided to record it, re- recorded the alleged lewd act during the A's versus Mariners game. Here's my issue with the people. Like, if I see somebody fucking and they're way across the, the, the stadium... I'm not going to report it. This is probably, I hate to say it, it probably was a woman with a bad sex life and she was bored with her husband and she was like, hey, look, they're doing what me and my husband don't do at home. (laughs) I think that these people, I don't think you should go to public places and fuck each other. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is is some people like to get wild because they need that spark. It's almost like they get the the feeling of like, oh my God, we could get caught. Hurry up. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You know how many people, yo, if if a this is for the parents out there, if a young man comes to pick your daughter up and go to the movies and you think oh it's just harmless, do you know how many fingerings go on in the movie theaters? Mm-hmm. That is like finger central, man. Mm-hmm. It's because like that's where people go to like do this type of stuff. Yeah, that's the thing for sure. I seen this dude getting roadhead like two months ago. Swear to God, I was headed down. I was in uh, Pasadena, mm-hmm. and this dude was leaning back, and you seen the girl's head just going like this. Topping him off, huh? and he was like swerving like a motherfucker. <laughs> Swear to God, dead serious. I believe it. He he took the exit and left, but then I looked down and her head was just like this. I couldn't do that while I drove. That's terrible. Yeah, I, if, if the head is that crazy, that's gonna that's dangerous. I, I this is might be not be true, but I, I think I remember one of my high school football teammates. Like I think he crashed his truck getting some road head. It was like a high school. He was getting. You know, he was driving his uh, truck, and I think he ran into like a mailbox or something. That's crazy. I'll just be like, "No, nah, I keep sucking." <laughs> when you crash, I know he ran into a wall, but I'm by. <laughs> I got a bus. Fuck that I shit. A bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a man. It's like getting a phone call during sex. You're like, "Oh my god, just call him back. Just keep going." Yeah, exactly. Women, women annoying like that. They'll be like, "Keep going, keep going, harder, yeah. harder." I'm gonna come. I swear, I'm gonna come. <laughs> and then be like. 25 minutes later. <laughs> exactly. Women never come when they say they're supposed to. <laughs> Y'all got to stop lying, man. Yeah. Y'all better figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But no, man. I, and in this case, I think that some people are trying to switch it up a little bit to, to keep that spark. You got to realize if you've been married for 20 years, you've been fucking the same person for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, these people look happy. If you look at the mugshot of them together at the ballpark, they was like skipping and holding hands. Because mm-hmm. they knew they was going to fuck. They didn't even bother to watch the baseball game. They Damn. probably don't even like baseball. No one is there watching the Oakland A's play baseball. <laughs> even if you look at the image, like, they way up there by themselves. Yeah, they yeah. went up there to fuck, man. That's yeah. what they did. They paid $20 to get in the game and to get some, he gets, get some brain. 
Imagine if you go up there and your objective <clears> is to go up there and just you just went to the game just to fuck because you want to like add that spark. But imagine you up there and your wife is going like full throttle and all of a sudden a fucking foul ball goes out and hits you right in the <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, God damn, oh yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, fucking, you know, fucking Mike Trout hits you with a <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it! What's the dude from the Yankees? Um, he went uh, to Fresno State, I think. Who Judge? Yeah, Aaron Judge. Freaking hit a freaking home run out there, motherfucker! Imagine you about to bust and then motherfucking you uh, get hit in the head from a home run from Judge, <laughs> and your pants is down. You are like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, Can't even get my nut off. No, I think it's it's obviously it's illegal. Like that's not right. That's not. Um, anything that and what happens too, like it's it's kids at these games and stuff like that. That's not you can't be having sex in front of kids. It's no. very traumatic. No. Um, uh, but I, on the flip side, as far as it being that kind of the the thing to keep their relationship going or keep the uh, keep the the spontaneity alive in in a relationship, I think that's a I think that's a good thing because you know sometimes. I would imagine if, like you were saying, if they've been in this relationship for twenty years, it could get the the act of sex could get very mundane. You yeah. know, just laying in the bed and having sex, and you know, going to sleep after it could, it could kind of get it could get tiresome. I would imagine so. Just just getting that, um, you know that that uh, that that freakiness on at the at the Oakland A's game, um, going dumb as they would say. Um, I she think, going dumb on that head, yeah. yo. She going dumb on that head. <laughs> Jesus Christ had Jesus Christ got dread. I can't even get it out. Jesus Christ got head, so I'm gonna get some. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, they gonna clip that shit up. They gonna cancel us for that. They don't like this nigga talk about Jesus Christ. We gotta get. Oh man, yeah, Chuck is my podcast. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ got hit. So suck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. That was crazy. Oh, man. Can you imagine you, imagine you getting some head and then fucking Mac Dre come on? This dance. This dance. Can you do the Dizzle dance? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Imagine this, though. Like, people just go to random settings to have sex or some motherfuckers at Panera Bread getting some Panera head. <laughs> this is what people do man yeah this is what people do get people getting fucked in cars and shit and i think what it is is a lot of couples like to have sex in public because it's like they got the element like oh my god we might get caught like oh my god and it turns them on yeah. but it's a lot of married couples that do this shit this mm -hmm. is not like some new story mm -hmm. like this happens all the time and they almost want to be like they want to get busted and be like, hey, get out of here, you guys. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. But you don't know that the girl's like 38 and, mm -hmm. the, and the dude's like 41. Mm -hmm. But they like they need that spark. Mm -hmm. This is what people do so they don't like cheat and shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. They be like, we're going to go to. And they, they probably pick their places, right? So I, I say where they were located in the stadium, that wasn't. I don't think that was a big deal, personally. But it, this ain't the first time somebody was fucking at a game. Oh, for sure. That just means you ain't got enough people in attendance. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, y'all need to work on. Maybe this will inspire people to. It's just like I remember people used to go. Um, they would watch like movies that have been out for a long time, or they would go to like the East Hills Mall or something, and you know when it was on its last limb, 
and um, that was like the, the the movie that they would go to to get their finger in on, or you know, yeah. maybe get smacked in there or something like that. Um, yeah, so that may be like the that maybe they won't sell like people sell to people interested in um, watching the Oakland A's play baseball, mm-hmm. but maybe they can sell some tickets to people that just want to show up and have sex in a public setting. That'd be real. Yeah. Like go up to stage D to get some D. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole brothel in there. Yeah, man. Well, mm-hmm. hey, shout out to them, man. Just make sure y'all, as long as y'all don't fuck around kids, I don't care where y'all go. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, imagine this, though, because, you know, there's not a lot of attendance at WNBA games. Mm-hmm. Imagine if if you just, like, people just figure that out, <laughs> and they go up there with an L.A. Sparks jersey and everything and just go way to the top. Yeah. Like, it just be in there smashing. A, ba- base, uh, a basketball arena might be a little – it has its pros and cons, because – in the baseball stadium, it's out in the open. It's primarily baseball stadiums are mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like it's so open that you could see around. You could see everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but in a basketball arena, it's the lights are a little dimmer in there. And um, everything is not as visible, you yeah. know, in terms of like the upper deck. Kodak Black was getting twerked on. They thought he was fucking at the hockey game. Yeah. He like, yeah, man, throw it back. Yeah, man. The jury is still out on that. <laughs> yeah, he probably was fucking. Yeah. He like, uh. Oh. <laughs> feel like Christmas, feel like water. <laughs> I'm a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> we could have been superstars. <laughs> yeah, switching gears. Recently, Kanye West went on like a freaking tear on Twitter just talking about everybody. But I just had to, I had to like really, um, bring this tweet forward or not even this was on instagram excuse me not twitter but it was a little bit of twitter and instagram but mainly instagram this is what kanye was said about kim kardashian he said kim has diarrhea a lot like way more than a normal person should have it (laughs) 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 oh (laughs) yo this is like if i'm gonna read this in kanye's voice kim has diarrhea a lot, like, way more than a normal person should have it. You ain't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> Kim got diarrhea. What we going to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Medici brothers, nobody want to sign me. That I'm all by myself. I need the infrastructure. He'd be like, bro. That the, nigga, Kanye, he, his, like, thoughts be so, like, random. Yeah. Um, He'd be like... Jesus Christ turned water to wine, and I made the Yeezys. And he'll just sit there, and niggas would be like, so uh, I asked you how you were doing, Kanye West. (laughs) I don't need to tell you how I feel. I just told you how I felt, and you invalidated me, sir. All you had to do was listen about the Yeezys. That's how I'm doing. You'd be like, are you having a manic episode? <laughs> Every time I try to tell y'all something, you talk about, oh, Kanye is crazy. Kanye is crazy. I'm like, bro, this guy is really off his rocker. He needs to really take his medication. I genuinely mean that. The fact that he brought up Kim K's diarrhea is fucking hilarious. That's wild. He said, I got to read this, to tw- this fucking thing again. Kim has diarrhea a lot, like way more than a normal person should have. That's wild. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Like, I wonder how mad they are. Then underneath it, it had a reply. It said, please stop posting our private text messages on Instagram. He said, (laughs) this is what he said. 
<laughs> he said, bitch, I know you texting this from another toilet. <laughs> Wait, Kim responded to him. This is what it says. Please stop posting our private text messages. No, who on says that? You didn't say who said that. I don't know. It's, it might be Kim. Oh, it's a, you're screenshotting right. a text message. Yeah, I got I, you. I'm looking at it. It says, mm-hmm. please stop posting our private text messages on Instagram. That's he said, funny. bitch, I know you texting this from another toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I, it's not a whole lot on that, man. I just had to bring that up because I cannot believe some of the shit that goes on in the storylines. You already said about uh, a Pete. Mm-hmm. He said something like, "How your tattoos doing to my kids from the mental house or, or from the uh, psych ward or some shit like that?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh man, niggas for another nigga with mental illness to roast another nigga with mental illness." That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna find it right now. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Hold on. He called him Skeet Davis. Hold on. Calls out Kim Kardashian. Hold on. Kanye West calls out the fake Kim Kardashian diarrhea post and mocks Pete Davidson again. So now he's saying it's fake. Kanye West addresses fake diarrhea post says Pete Davidson isn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) This mother's already marked the return of Kanye West to Instagram, which has seen him take shots at Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, and Kid Cudi, among others. However, it seems like, yeah, it's not a mastermind behind the most recent posts. He took off to IG Sunday to say that the diary of posts about Kim was fake. This was not from me. He wrote, someone copied my style of text and wrote something Somebody copied my style. (laughs) He then took. That nigga Kanye got a ghostwriter on. Yeah, he said he then took a jab at Davidson. I I like to post comments because y'all niggas is hilarious. I love funny people. And I think that's one of the reasons. Me and Skeet could never be fr- been friends. Yeah, continued. I like to fight with jokes. Sometimes we got to laugh to keep from crying, even when we're dealing with serious topics. Shit be the funniest. It's true. Yeezy also listed his favorite comedians and commented on a recent post he made about a universal employee com- commenting on the rapper's fashion choices. That nigga, that nigga that commented on my outfit really does work at Universal. <laughs> oh, Kanye's lost it. Hold on, it's another post too. This shit is funny. He put, this was not me. Someone copied my style of text. Oh, he posted that up there. Mm-hmm. I think Kanye posted that shit, bro. Yeah. I think he did. Because it's, it's on your fucking page, Kanye. Mm-hmm. Damn. Anyways, we're going to move on from this. Switching gears. Um, a family giving $10.4 million instead of a $100 refund uh, go on massive spending spree. So... Here's what happened here. I'll pull up the article. Basically, a family was given a refund, but instead of getting $100, they got fucking $10 million. All right. Bam. Here it is. All right. Family given $10.4 million uh, instead of a $100 refund, go on a massive spending spree and buy their dream home. But now they have to pay it all back. Um, A high-profile cryptocurrency trader that uses film star Matt Damon and his advertising mistakenly transferred $10.5 million to the Melbourne woman. Uh, The error happened when the company intended to give, I don't know how to say, Trevor Nagari Manavev a $100 refund in May 2021, but mistakenly entered an account number in in the field of the bank transfer that was meant to be the dollar amount. 
the $10,474,000 mistake was only discovered in the company audit just before last Christmas, seven months earlier, the transfer. So they was chilling for a minute. Dang, they was millionaires for a minute. Hell yeah. Seven months, sheesh. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. When Crypto.com uh, tried to get its money back, $1.35 million had already been spent on a luxury five-bedroom house, and the rest had been moved to another account. Yes! Yes! <laughs> they That's what y'all of- get for changing the name of the Staples Center. Yeah, fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm so glad they took the money. Uh, the company then launched legal action against Miss Manaville and her sister. Um, uh, the purchase house in Melbourne suburb of Kreniger and whatever, which has four bathrooms, a home gym, a cinema, was bought. On February 3rd, the Herald Sun reported four days later, Crypto.com made freezing orders against Miss Manaville's bank account, but court documents show $10.1 million had already been moved to a different joint account and $430,000 had been transferred to her daughter, Dang. Ravina Vihan. The house registered was the transfer of the Malaysian base, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Crypto.com was able to take out freezing orders against her in March. The company subsequently took legal action in Supreme Court seeking to get back the cost of the house plus 10% interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action was successful <laughs> by default as neither Miss Gaganagori, uh, whatever, nor her legal representative attended the court or lodged a defense. Um, here's my thing, man. Uh, look here, man. Shout out to them people, man. They did the right thing. Because you know what? You could call them and say, hey, man, you guys mistakenly gave me $10.4 million. But, man, you just missed out on a lifetime. If you tell me that the, my worst punishment is I got to pay it back, okay, cool. Not to mention, you know what's hilarious? What do they always ask for when you go to get a house? They want a paper trail. They want bank statements, all of that, right? But check it out. I never walked in with $10 million in cash, though, so I don't know what that looks like. So they don't give a fuck? Yeah, most time when <laughs> niggas buy houses, it's a, it's a loan that they that mm-hmm. they paying with, you know? But. Mm-hmm. So you come in there with $10 million say, hey, I want this home. Yeah, but I mean, what are you? What, what is the conversation? It's just like transfer the money here, sign these documents, mm-hmm. and now you own the house. Yeah, but see, you know what I would do? I would literally, they transferred the money to different accounts, which was smart. But I would have took a minimum half a million or or I would have took about $3 million cash mm-hmm. to where they'll be like, hey, we want this money. And we'll be like, we gave it away to people. We don't know where that money's at. Mm-hmm. Because if you come for me and I got to give you back seven, eight million, whatever, right? And you could freeze all my accounts that have the hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. I need cash on hand. So when y'all fuck me and take all the money back. I still got three, four million dollars. I don't mm-hmm. ever have to work a job anymore. I ain't got to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about, y'all could say, hey, you got to pay us back this. I'll be like, hey, I can't pay you that because I actually work it faster again. You know, that's, all, that's what I would do too. Get a regular job. Get a regular job. Mm-hmm. I get a regular job and I would get a part, I'll probably get a part time job. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I get a part time job for like five hours, mm-hmm. like an after school program or some shit, <laughs> you know, and then not work no other time mm-hmm. and just live off my millions of dollars for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I'm not depositing no money into a bank no more. I'm just going to keep that shit cash. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel kind of both sides. I feel both ways about it. Like, that's not their money. It was a, it no. was an accident, right. and they got cashed out. You know, uh, like so many times more much more than they actually deserve. Right. Um. So 
I, the, you know, essentially, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call that stealing, but they that's just not their money. So no. for them to go and buy all these things, it is kind of like that. Okay, you're getting back at the big corporations mm-hmm. and all that, you know, for them making a mistake. But it's just it's just not their money. So no. it's kind of like. I don't know. In that situation, I don't know what what I would have done. Cause, and I haven't been in that space, but I've been in a uh, position where I'm in Walmart and um, I pay for my stuff and I might walk out with um, like a soda or something that I didn't pay for, a bag of whatever that I didn't pay for. And sometimes, you know, depending on the time, like I'll just, I'll just go back and be like, hey, I walked out with this. Let me scan this real quick and pay for it. Just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just don't like that 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 negative energy. I got some me. free honey mustard the other day. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> you just took it? Yeah, I was like, God did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but um, but I mean, if it does, and you know, it it already happened. They had a whole plan, and like you said, it was seven months yeah, of man. them just living it up. So that's crazy. And I think they did. If if you gonna steal, and I'll just use that as as loosely steal, then you then you got to do it the way they did it. Buy you a crib. Yeah. That way you invest. You know, obviously you invested in an asset. Um, spent like ten percent of your money on a crib. And then you got, um, you know, shoot some to your your kids or whatever the case may be, and then transfer that money. They, I, I think for them to already be in crypto, if if the if they're getting a hundred dollar refund from crypto dot com, yeah, that means they already doing research in terms of like investments mm. and assets and stuff like that. Mm. So their mind is probably already in the right that space. Is, yeah. They probably thought it was just a, a blessing. Yeah, thank you know. for giving me the capital. Oh man, I was uh, this was gonna take me thirty years up. to get this. They living it up. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know why I thought about Ja Rule with that song. To all my niggas that be living it up, say <laughs> what do I do? I'm all the niggas that be living it up, say. <laughs> <laughs> Who was on the hook? I don't know. What do I do? I'm up with him and ripping it up and say, yeah. yeah. Jaru sounds like he eats cigarettes. Duh. She's had the same voice for many, many Dang, years. That raspy voice. Remember that old song? With Jay Z, can I get a what what to my niggas or something to players who don't God, love dope? No, no, no. Can I get a woo woo? No God love niggas without jobs. Yeah. And then Ja Rule was like, uh, I forgot his flow, but it's been, that came out in like '99. Yeah. Yeah, that song was hard. Yeah, that was early. That was early with. Um, yeah. But a lot of people don't don't really. Um, make those connections like how um how early ja rule was you know yeah, even before 50 early. cent coming out and then oh, him yeah. having that relationship with jay-z oh yeah. yeah and then him him dmx and jay and uh ja rule dmx and jay-z kind of being like the guys and then ja rule kind of like his peak was his peak was a little bit later yeah than them but like they were all kind of around those lips those thighs ah when you're because i can Deny. And then here's the thing, 50 Cent. I can't stand a nigga to sing on every song. It don't make no sense. Eight months later, I just want to chill and twist the knot. <laughs> it's <laughs> on my 745. You drive me crazy. It was, it, uh. it was, just a, it was actually, uh, what you, I wouldn't say like a... Musley and at his finest, because Fifty Cent knew that he was singing. He had a yeah. lot of um, uh, melodies on his on his song. Yeah, many men, 
Many, 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 many men. Doom, doom, doom. Wish death for me. No, I don't cry. That's no a, more. like he's singing. He's singing. The sky no more. That's back when he had like it hadn't been too long till he since he had been shot. So his mouth still sounded like he didn't open it very much. Yeah. Won't look to the sky no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, that album to me, bro, if we got to talk about albums that are at the top of hip hop, that 50 Cent album might be a top five album Get Rich of all or Die Trying. Get Rich or Die Trying, sure. one of the best hip hop albums. Yeah, it might be top fuck. three, honestly. Top three. It might yeah. be top three, bro. Because I don't know one. Every song on the album was a fucking chart straight topper. Straight heat. Even it's, the songs that wasn't singles was heat. Is heat. All of them. Mm-hmm. Nuts. You had Many Men. You had In the Club. I you, thought uh, the you, I honestly thought the work, and I would have to li- look at the album again. Mm-hmm. I probably thought the, the song that I didn't like the most was Wangsta. Yeah. And that and was the first fucking, single. And crazy. after that, it was straight boom, in the club. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom, yeah. boom. It was, uh, I forgot about Wangsta. You got Wangsta. Um, 21 questions. 21 questions. You he, got, if I can't do it, what's that yeah. one called? Uh, I forgot the name of the song. I'm going to make the champagne bottle yeah, pop. I'm going to take it to the top. That whole album was a happy, fucking baby. chart yeah. topper, man. Yeah. Fuck. I'm trying to think of this. It's so many. Yeah. I, I can listen to that album right now and it's still, still relevant. Fire. Yeah. It's still fire, bro. It just had an energy like that. Like, I'm here. Yeah. Like, I'm here. This is 50. Like, this is. Mm-hmm. That came out my senior year in high school, bro. That was 2003. Yeah, 50 Cent was so hard, like, in terms of, like, writing, like, songs, especially, G-Unit like, the hooks. was hard, too. Mm-hmm. G-Unit. You know, mm-hmm. you know who one of the most underappreciated artists, but he probably one of the dopest for, like, people not really talking about him? Lloyd Banks. Yeah. Lloyd Banks was so dope, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Hunger for More, that first album, mm-hmm. man, that shit was crazy. Yeah. I, it's still dope to me now. Hunger for More, and then he had, like, Hunger for More 2. That was dope. Yeah. He had an album that came out not too long, a couple years ago. It was dope, too. Yeah, I remember you as a huge uh, Lloyd Banks. You always thought oh, yeah. he was the best G-Unit, um, I think. Um, you thought he was the best G-Unit artist. Yeah, Lloyd Banks was fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Hey, Young Buck was hard, too. Yeah. But then I found out he was out here, you know, liking booty and whatnot. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> He's like the last nigga you would expect to be doing that. He's like, man, I don't fuck with no punks, man. I don't do none of that, man. And 50 was just laughing. And take that to his grave. 50 had him on the phone, like, crying. Yeah. I'm like, come on, 50. That's cold-blooded, man. You that, that. That, it's hard for those those type of groups to stay yeah. together. Benzino and uh and uh Benzino got busted with a trans person. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh um whatchamacallit? Bobby Valentino. Oh Bobby Valentino got busted mm-hmm. with a trans person. I think they all know that these are trans women, bro. They all know it. It's a thing. I think that there's there might be like a trans Bobby fresh. Valentino, where's my money? <laughs> Bobby, what are you doing, Bobby? <laughs> and Bobby Valentino was running out, he's running out of the room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you know that that's not a woman. The the voice that you know. Yeah, that. you know. Bobby, why don't you tell talk to other people, Bobby? Yeah. Like, yo. Yeah. That's wild. When she's strictly requ- requesting anal, there might be something going on there. Yeah. You might want to look a little closer. There's some balls down there. <laughs> 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 yo, remember that song? Uh, well, G Unit, that first album they had, that shit was dope. Yeah. Like, G Unit. Um, I want to give you another. 
Yeah. I, really I want to get to know you. Wow. Yeah. Just straight heat for like yeah. two, three years straight. That a, that a crazy run. Bro. Remember that? It was a like, G unit. Book. We in it. Yeah, that shit go crazy. Was that on was that on the album too? That might have been that might have been on Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. Bro, that whole album was stupid. Yeah. I can't even remember the last album that made me feel like that. Yeah, it just had an energy to it. Oh man. Mm -hmm. I'ma say, uh I'ma say I'm I'm gonna try to be objective. Like on the some of the best hip hop albums. I like Wu Tang Forever album, but it's gotta be probably like top fifty. Mm-hmm. I can't put it up too high because mm. it's a great album. Mm-hmm. It's a two-sided disc and it's dope. Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna actually have to rank the Chronic 2001. That I would say that's probably like top 20. Mm-hmm. That's at least top 20, bro. Mm-hmm. Chronic 2001. That whole album was crazy. Yeah, and that has Steel Dre on there. Yeah, um, I forgot it's a couple other songs, but yeah, that album is fire. Explosive on there. Mm-hmm. Explosive. West Coast shit, my nigga, mm-hmm. is the Razor Track. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's just too many songs on that album, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I read the list, yeah, you know, um, I don't want to stay on this too long, but that was a huge era of hip hop, man. That was a big, huge era. We forgetting, we acting like the Valentine's Day Massacre wasn't dope too, mm-hmm. or was it called? It's just the massacre. It's just a massacre. Mm-hmm. The but massacre I think was he, dope. It had. I think uh, he wanted to call it the Valentine's Day Massacre based on the time, it. but mm-hmm. it changed. Yeah, they um, that one had like uh, PIMP on there, um, Candy Shop. That no no PIMP was on the fucking uh, two thousand. It was on uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. That was on Get Rich or Die Trying? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I know. It's just so many, man. Yeah. What's the other one the you just said? Candy Shop to? was on the, the Candy second. Shop was on Massacre. Yeah. I took her to the candy shop. Mm-hmm. I lick you like a lollipop. I lick the lollipop. I can't open my magic mouth. Magic Stick. Yep. Magic Stick was on. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. And that uh, Piggy, Piggy no, Bank. No, Magic Stick was on the Massacre. No, yeah. no, magic, no, Magic Stick was on... Um, Get Rich or Die Trying, my bad. Magic is on Get Rich or Die Trying? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, yeah, we got to look this up. Yeah. He's out here guessing. I'm just in denial of how many hits was on that fucking album, man. Uh, Let's see. All right. 50 Cent is a dope artist, man. I'm sure he can still come out with something real dope right now. He still got 26 million listens a month. Fuck. Yeah, monthly listeners. All right. All right. All right. Look, let's just go through the track list right here. What up, gangster? Dope. I forgot about patiently waiting. I've been waiting. patiently waiting for a track to explode on many mm. men in the club. Uh, I stay high all the time. I smoke that good shit. Yeah. That's probably the only song, one of the only ones that ain't got all the buzz that's dope as fuck. Yeah. Heat. I, that one really wasn't. I don't remember what that sounded like. Hold on. Hold on. Real quick. Hold on. Yeah, that song was hard. Yeah, I gotta turn that off. So we get no. Uh, yeah, that song was hard as fuck. If I if can't, I can't, Bloodhound with Young Buck. I don't really remember that one for some reason. Back down, back down. Yeah, P I M P on there. Mm-hmm. She liked my style. Damn. Twenty one questions on there. Dang. Gotta make it to heaven. Going to hell. Gotta make it to heaven. That shit was hard. Mm-hmm. This shit was, this album was just stupid. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. The Massacre was hard too. Uh, in My Hood was hard. This is 50. Uh, 
Don't know what you take me for. I really don't play that shit. That then, yeah. um, I'm supposed to die tonight. That shit went hard. Piggy bank. Piggy, that was a uh, Fat Joe and Jadakiss diss. Yeah, Gatman. Gatman, Robin, Robin, I remember Candy that. Shop, out of control. Set it off on your live. Get in, get in my car. Yep. Was it? Get in my car. This shit. Rider music. Baltimore love thing. Ski mask way. That's all hard. Guns come out. I was in Just college when this came bit. out. Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno. Let's go. You're now rocking with a pro. Yeah, that shit was just stupid, My bro. My toy soldier. So amazing. I don't need to hate it. Hate it or love it. Oh, damn. I forgot. Hate yeah, it, damn. Because that, that, that song was on two albums. It was on this album, and it was also on, on Games album. On the Games album. At the top. Yeah. Yeah, man. Damn. I remember he said he had to put the lines on there because he was getting a little chunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we just completely... Uh, Getting off the topic. All right, <laughs> let's switch gears. Uh, switching gears. The baby. Uh, his show was canceled in New Orleans after fewer than five hundred tickets sold. Hmm. Tough break for the baby. Uh. Mm, 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 mm. Bam. All right. Oh well, the, it's it's two things. The uh, the baby actually had like a gif that he posted, like laughing at it. But I mean, come on, bro. You know, you know, you was. All right, the baby show canceled in New Orleans after fewer than 500 tickets sold. Um, controversial rapper the baby will no longer perform at the Smoothie King Arena in New Orleans on Friday, presumably due to low ticket sales. Ticketmaster listing for the concert was deactivated on Tuesday and now reads Unfortunately, the event organizer has had to cancel your events. Um, before it was taken down, NOLA.com reported that ticket sales were scarce. Fewer than 500, tick, 500 purchase for an arena that can hold up to 14000 Concert goers for as cheap as 35 a pop. Damn. They don't want to pay you 35 the baby. Fuck. All right. Those who did buy a ticket will automatically uh, refund it according to Ticketmaster. On his website, the baby now only has two more scheduled tour dates. One in Paris, October 29th, and another in Houston, Texas on November 12th. The post's has reached out to representatives for the baby comment. The baby has an extensive background of problematic behavior, including making homophobic and misogynistic comments at the 2021 Rolling Loud Miami Festival, which we talked about already. Um, and there's that. Okay, now here's my thing. I got a, <laughs> I got a little bit more to speak about in regards to the baby. Um, the baby is one of those guys that comes along every once in a while who has a buzz, right? And when he's having that buzz, everybody's just like, yo, this guy's everywhere, blah, blah, blah. But they're not really good enough to stick around. You could be dope in a small time frame, but if your music cannot stand the test of time, people will forget about you. The reason why guys like Nas, Jay-Z, J. Cole, Kendrick, Guys like that stay around because they found a way to be very dope and also offer people more than just than just, you know, hits. Mm -hmm. They more or less have substance to their music. Mm -hmm. Now, a guy like the baby's not talking about shit. Mm -hmm. And when you're not talking about shit, you better find a way to occupy as much as much space as you can in that time frame. So I was telling Keith when he said that dumb shit in 2021. And then Dua Lipa had to come out and apologize to people because he made some homophobic statements. And he had just did a massive song with Dua Lipa. 
that's a crossover record. When you cross over with a massive artist like that and you do other songs with artists like that, that's what keeps you relevant when you're a subpar rapper. Look at um, French Montana. To me, not that great of a rapper. But he makes so many, like, appearances on, on like, dubstep records or techno records or um, just certain songs that that's, what's key, that's what keeps him relevant, you know? Or you got guys like Pitbull who created a whole new lane. Pitbull was just a regular rapper back in the day, mm-hmm. and then he turned into this Mr. 305. Mm-hmm. That, he created a lane for himself. Mm-hmm. Him and Flo Rida exist in that lane. There are no other rap artists that exist in that lane but those two. Mm-hmm. The like the rapper, the rapper mm-hmm. that only like the whenever pop you party yes, club records, yeah. The club records, but like whenever you in Vegas or whatever, I guarantee you you're gonna hear Flow Rider or Pitbull. Because mm-hmm. Flow Rider got them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, and mm-hmm. then you got motherfucking oh, one more actually, I take that back. One more artist that's like them is Lil John now. Mm-hmm. But Lil Jon still is on records, but it's all that techno shit mm-hmm. or that club sound. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the only way you get to exist as a subpar rapper is if you cross over into that genre and you can live in it forever. But when you cancel yourself and Dua Lipa has to fucking apologize, now you just a dude that ain't talking about shit and you can't even sell 500 tickets. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Blueface. I think I feel bad for that kid. I think it's, it's something to it. Like, um, and and not everybody's conversation is the same. So not everybody's music is going to be the same. One hundred percent. So when you think about the Kendrick Lamars and J Cole's, like whatever they talk about in their songs is what they genuinely care about. I don't think that. Um, I would imagine if you're if you if you really cared about your community and you cared about. Um, uh, just like substance, like you, you know, your day to day conversation is revolved around um, empowering black people, and you know the generational wealth and the black com- all these things that you know some some of these um, people that you were talking about actually care about. Um, it will spill over into the music, but I think when you a person that um, all you primarily care about is like getting women and spending money and and going to the club and just living living this lifestyle um that's what your that's what your music sounds like like you see you see blueface he's like he has these like these uh reality tv shows and stuff that he's putting together yeah girlfriend's too far knocked out mm-hmm. and it's you know you put like 15 women in a room and you know they just living together and he's making a reality show out of it like i think a person that genuinely cares about uh the black community it doesn't that they don't they wouldn't put that show together and their music would sound different right so you know i just think it's something about like it's something about real substance and um we talked about this uh a while back like how shocked we were that um like ray schremer was opening up for childish Gambino. Yes. and you know it's packed it's in the forum it's packed in there um and most of the people didn't even show up until they, you know, until the hour or 45 minutes that right. Ray Schremer, you know, had uh, performed was on there. And then we was looking up the numbers. It was like, yo, they, they Spotify numbers is way crazier than, than mm-hmm. Gambino. And it just didn't really make sense to us. But what you realize is that there is um, people that actually have like real substance 
in their music, people that are like multifaceted, people that have that have like viral interviews. Yeah. Like you'll you'll be scrolling through um the explore page and it'll be an old J. Cole interview. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like we're him talking about I don't know, something about, you know, that it was just like super inspiring or how he got on or whatever the case may be. Or you'll see, you know, a Childish Gambino quote or something pop up and you're like, oh, dang, this is like he said this in 2010, but it's kind of kind of coming to fruition now. But when you like people that have like like people that actually um, people actually care what what they have to say, right. like when. When uh, certain people talk, we know there's certain interviews that happen and we know it's going to get a million views just because they're a popular person. And then there's certain interviews that happen that we know is going to be some substance. And we know as people up and coming, people that aspire to be in a certain place, people that are dealing with whatever, we're going to hear something from said artist, and it's going to like uh, change our lives and our change our perspectives mm-hmm. on things. Um, and then that's how like you grow like these huge audiences. Obviously, the, the music got to be good. But when it comes to uh like people that that will drive across the country to see you people that fly to your festival people that will you know buy every cd people that stand outside in the rain and wait for you know to get right. into a concert like you got to really build genuine connections with, with yes, people and do. that comes primarily from substance in your life and mm-hmm. then substance in your music it doesn't and it doesn't journey. happen yeah a real it, journey yeah and it doesn't it doesn't really um happen in that way where you just kind of like rapping about yeah just any and everything i'm not something buy me a nigga or something like that yeah like like here's the thing i know this sounds hilarious to people especially people who will listen to two guys on a podcast who have not reached like the apex of success such as the baby has reached in his life but i'd rather have me and Keith situation because what happens is is it's a lot more sustain it's like it becomes once you make it to where you want to make it you still have to do the work, but we could sustain it for way longer mm-hmm. uh, based on the fact that we've built something over time. We've built like a cult like following that that looks past not just two guys talking on a podcast, but two guys that went through it. They probably listen to podcasts. Let's say it's the year 2028 and they listen to podcasts all the way back to 2018. Mm-hmm. So they've seen 10 years of, you know, of, of going for it. Mm-hmm. But where a guy like the baby, he just got these big companies pushing his shit, pushing it, pushing it, and you know he's and he's got these huge marketing teams and all these people, and he's got some good records. Mm-hmm. But I think that sometimes the issue with these major labels is they could push an artist past his limit. Mm. I think they could push the guy until it's just like nobody's buying it anymore. Not to mention the baby almost sounds the same on every song. Every song is like another installment of Suge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you that, know? that flow. He's like, huh? I'm not coming to buy me your nigga. Oh, I'm some of the diamonds big. Oh, they killed him with diamonds and nigga. Oh, mm-hmm. how tired are you gonna get it hearing that? Yeah. Like this is what I say about a guy like Ludacris. Ludacris was dope for his time. He really was. He was a dope artist, very original too. But he is not relevant in today's world. Mm-hmm. As great as an artist as he was back then, he's just not relevant. Mm-hmm. But there are certain artists that can remain relevant the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like right now, what do you te- think happened to Ludacris? Uh, Ludacris, uh, I just think his sound expired. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was able to captivate a newer, younger audience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you have to you have to have a certain type of sound to you know not only a a sound but 
you have to establish yourself in such a way. And also, Ludacris got into film. Mm-hmm. So that also dragged him away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I was I was comparing the baby to like over ten years ago. This artist named Gorilla Zoe, and yeah. I don't want to shit on Gorilla Zoe, but no one's listening to him now. Mm-hmm. No one's looking for him now. Mm-hmm. You know, and he has some pretty hit records. He had Hood Nigga, Getting the Perk by the Pound. Remember him? Mm-hmm. And he had another song that was completely pop. Uh, that song Echo. Do you remember that? You did it to yourself. Now you're all by yourself. You remember that shit? Nah. Oh man, that shit was super pop. I know he didn't write that shit. <laughs> right? So he made that song. He should have stayed making that music. Just kind of stayed in that pocket. Just pop stayed line. in that pocket. Like you you can't have longevity being a hood nigga unless you like fucking Juicy J or something. Yeah. But Juicy That's, Juicy yeah. J's a producer too though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have some of those like Juicy J has had like probably like three careers though. Yeah. When you cut, that's the thing too. Like, um, you gotta you gotta be able to stick it out long enough to kind of adapt though yeah. a little bit because you know they came out with Three Six Mafia years ago. Oh my God! Super then, early nineties, man. Yeah, and then he popped back on the scene. Juicy J with like Wiz Khalifa and stuff, and he started, you know, moving and kind of well built up. More well, Three Six Mafia shrank big time because mm-hmm. um, it was him, DJ Paul, and Crunchy Black for mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. and then before that, uh, one of the guys that died, I think like ninety eight or ninety. Was Project Pat in there? Uh, was uh, he part of it? No, no, and yes, Project mm-hmm. Pat was more of a solo artist, mm-hmm. but the uh, uh, Project Pat is Juicy J's brother. Mm-hmm. So it's like Project Pat dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, like he don't get a lot of like people got to give him his flowers because he mm-hmm. didn't he didn't did a lot for hip hop, bro. Mm-hmm. He didn't did a lot. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think you know, like you know, if couple people like that like the two shorts and e40s mm-hmm. and stuff they've they've been able to kind of like stick around long enough just long enough to where like mm-hmm. a whole new generation of people could could find them and you know they catch a they catch a hit like that yeah you see how you see how um on that song on drake's album 21 savage is rapping like project pat mm-hmm. he's like Something for a lit yeah. supper. Something to the dog, to the dog with the supper. Yeah. That shit is dope, bro. Yeah. I, like, I was listening to um I was listening to an album he got. It's called Getty Green. It was mm-hmm. like it, it came out in the like 97, 98 or something. Mm-hmm. But I listened to that shit and I'm like, that shit is still dope. Yeah. I I love that. Like when you kind of like have a uh I, I would call it an ode, an ode to like Project Pat, right, especially right. them being from the South and stuff like that. You know, I think that's dope to just kind of like sprinkle in that old, yeah, that old that's it. flow from from what it, what it, oh twenty one was like body snatcher, some some phone snatcher, it's that some, knife talk, the, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, Project Pat had that chicken head song that came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And people people use a lot of that shit now. All right, all right, all right, all like right. Like those all right. Uh, little ad libs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. they be man a lot of. And you listen to a lot of songs, you be like, "Yo, that's Project Pat influence right there." Yeah, like a that's lot actually, of artists. That flow is actually that same. Uh, sipping on some scissor. Yep, it's the same kind of cadence. Yes, mm-hmm. it is exactly. It is, but it's not like he put his stamp on it when he mm-hmm. be like. Project Peta attracting dime pizzas. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what was that? Um, oh, uh, 
Popping My Collar. That's mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. That's a three six mafia. I don't really, you know what? That's a good question. I don't think he was ever a part of three six. He just was always on their records. Yeah, but it they, was, and I would imagine. I don't know what they they uh, they record label or, or anything looked like, but I wonder if a lot of that stuff was independent. Oh yeah, a lot of it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they talked about that. That's yeah. that's dope though, man. Yeah, it's so much value in, in music. A, a lot of artists now are selling their catalogs and getting like bags. I think Justin Timberlake. Had sold like a lot of his uh, his catalog for I don't know like like eight figures or something like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, man. they're getting a bag back. And that song that Justin Timberlake made with Three Six was so cold. Remember that song? Uh, Little lady, yeah. Why don't you just chop me up? Don't, don't make a fool yeah, of me. Man, yeah, I remember that. Yo, Justin Timberlake is fucking hard, bro. Justin is fire. Justin is hard, bro. A lot of people be giving him shit because he a white boy, but yeah. Justin Timberlake is dope, bro. Yeah. Even all the way back to, what's that first album he had? I can't remember what it's called. Justified. It Justified? Mm-hmm. Cry me a river. Yeah, that, all that, uh, that Senorita song on there. Yeah, that shit was hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's still hard now. Mm-hmm. One time what I did on purpose, I just went to Spotify. I went to Justin Timberlake. I just hit the button, hit play, right? Mm-hmm. And it just was going through these songs. Hits, 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 hits. And then he went through a phase where him and Timberland was just ripping shit up. Yeah. That, I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yo, he literally changed the trajectory of a couple artists. He changed the trajectory of Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake at the same time. Yeah. Because Nelly Furtado back in the day, all she was doing was like, I'm like a bird. I want to fly away. <laughs> but then he hit her. Like, he, he came, he uh, produced Promiscuous Girl. Yeah. That shit, that shit used to knock. Yeah. Yeah. Promiscuous Girl. And I was in college, so it was a lot of hoes back then. <laughs> a lot of promiscuous A lot of promiscuous there, huh? girls back yeah, in college. They love that song. It's like, oh my God, this is my favorite song. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Huh? Go ahead and pull your pants down. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talked about it before, but Timbaland is a, um, is a, there are certain, so I, I, you know, I make music, so I love uh, listening to um, podcasts with producers and whether they OG producers or like the, some of the the new new producers and stuff. Um, and there's this, this podcast called Producers Grind, and it's basically um, two producers and they and they uh, interview um, just like m- primarily like younger producers. So it'll be like. Um, and most of them I know from their tags, not necessarily them. Right. There's this one called like OG Parker. I don't know if you heard that tag before. Like OG, I think I have. Just go OG Parker. Yeah. And come on. Um, a couple other people, um, but a lot of them, and these are primarily like hip hop producers. Like they'll produce from Meg Thee Stallion and mm-hmm. Kodak Black and all these other things. Um, and then you'll hear my interviews, and you'll be like, Yeah, man. Like you know. They'll be like, you know, who do you want to work with? Or like, what's your, who inspires you? All this different stuff. And a mm-hmm. lot of them reference like the the producers with the big crossover appeal. Yeah. But when you hear that music, you're like, there's no version of this where it's going to work. Like Timbaland is a one-on-one. Like he can produce dirt off your shoulders yeah. and he can produce pony. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, you got to just keep trying. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Pharrell right up there with him too, though. Pharrell for sure Pharrell can produce. super dope. Yeah, he could produce uh, freaking grinding, um, and then he can produce senorita. Like it's yeah, just it's, it's a range. different level of uh, like musicality it's range going on. Just so much. Mm-hmm. 
Man, yeah, that's that's a good point. You know what I was thinking? Like some of the some of the producers that you don't really hear them on nothing no more, but they had a fucking run. Remember uh Cali Parks, Bubba Sparks, like yeah. Cali Park, but yeah, Bubba Sparks would put that. Yeah. And then you know what came right after that? Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Yeah. Booty, booty. I was also in college when that I came found out. You, that Miss shit used to booty. go in. Yeah. That shit used to go in. Yeah. That was like two thousand and Six. Man, even uh, Jermaine Dupri is up there. I think a, really? a lot of people don't give him his credit for, uh, you know, for for what he's what he's done. And I, mm. I don't know, if, I don't know if it's because he's from Atlanta or I don't know what it is, but you know, he did the he did the whole Mariah Carey, um, the Butterfly. I forget the name of the album, but mm. um, and he's writing the songs too. You know, Damn. so he's producing, he's writing. He did Confessions, and then um, he oh, doesn't he have, like, the hip-hop, hip-hop song, like the hard, hard hip-hop songs, but he got a couple. Uh, he did that Grill song, like, smile, daddy, let me see you. Let you see my what? I want to see your grill. That was, like, 05 that mm-hmm. came out, I think. Mm-hmm. That was a fucking hit. Welcome to Atlanta. I think he produced that. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it do, baby? It's the Ice Man, Paul Wow. Yeah, some, some, some shining like, like a, a disco ball. <laughs> Yo, did you hear that song with him and Toby and Gingwe or whatever? Nah. Oh my God, dude! Paul Wall fucking snapped, He's dude. Crazy, bro. I didn't even know he had bars like that. Yeah. He's like, I'm intelligent like an elephant riding with. St-. I'm like, Yo, this <laughs> nigga's going crazy. That dude, Toby, he got. He had a hard song that he performed at the BET Awards, and uh, I think Fat Joe. I didn't even watch it, but Fat Joe was like hyping it up, like, "Yo, this is the dude I was telling y'all about." And then he came out on the BET with everybody, and you know, Toby. And I gotta get his name, but I just call him Toby. But he be coming out, and his everybody be matching, and he be making songs with his uh, with his with his wife, I think. And he's like, they just got like a whole family dynamic up there, and they got like the choreography going on and stuff. Like, and he's another independent artist that be out here like killing it on the uh, on the independent scene, mm. doing his thing, man. Good times, man. I'll, I'll say this to wrap this little conversation up. Uh, look, man, I don't wish any any malice on the baby. Um, I just hope he's got his affairs in order because he's going to be done soon. I, I I think that um, it's a couple artists in Bakersfield even that like that got some low key buzz, like some you know they 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 get like um, a few few stream a few monthly streams on on Spotify and they probably make some decent money um, you know across the, across the board in terms of they streaming. It's a couple people that have been on. Like no jumper and had interviews with different different people and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but the the most common thing thing that you see is if you ain't got no substance in your music, the the shelf life is extremely short. Even yes. for people like that, your your star could your star could not be as bright as it was at the peak of your career. But if you find a way to have substance in your music, you'll always find a way to stay relevant. Like yes. not, even Nas, the the many like obviously like uh, Illmatic, Stillmatic that, around that the era was crazy. Yeah, when he first popped, when he was like eighteen, nineteen years old, he was like the biggest thing in hip hop, right? Yeah, you know, people's naming him the best rapper alive or best rapper ever and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you know he got a little bit older and he. He the music the quality of the music was not you know up to where it was when he first popped off 
And then he just found Hit Boy, and they found a crazy that chemistry. That shit was crazy, you know. And he's has a like a different, um, a different career now, and he has a Grammy and all these different things. Yeah. So Joe Rogan has shouted it out. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yo, man, this album is fucking crazy, man." Yeah, and Joe Rogan's a huge, huge hip hop fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got substance. So yeah. you know, it. I think when you have substance in whatever you're doing, whether it's a podcast, whatever, like you're always going to have. Um, the ability to to speak about your life in a way where it it really really resonates. When you're a person that is like just shoot them up, bang bang. Like when you turn fifty, you're not killing people no more. Or I hope you're not killing people ever. But like it it just don't even look right on you. You got gray. You a silver fox out here talking about shooting pistols and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I know it was funny to me when Joe Rogan had Snoop Dogg on. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, this is crazy, man. I can't believe you're here. Snoop Dogg's like, I'm here, man. What's up? He's like, <laughs> he's you're one of the only fan. guys that genuinely makes me nervous, man. Yeah. You only, he's like, what you nervous for, man? Smoke something. <laughs> 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 he's like, man, for some reason, man, like you and Willie D, you yeah. and Willie D make me like nervous, man. And that's nigga Snoop will have a strip. Man, we, me and Willie D introduced me to weed. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be always having a story about every person. It's hilarious when people smoke weed and keep trying to talk. They'd be like, Yeah, man, but I was in school back in the day. Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't call me back after you finish smoking. Right. Oh, I used to annoy me. Like, if I talk to my pops and he'd yeah. be like smoking, I'd be like, Just call me later. You're like, It's okay. We can talk. Guys. You gotta go nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, dad. Fuck. All right. Switching gears. Um, Stacy Dash. Um, recently, Stacy Dash cries on TikTok after finding out DMX died a year ago. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. It's wild. Although the rapper DMX has been dead for over a year, nobody told actress Stacy Dash who shared her reaction to the news in a teary TikTok video. He died of cocaine-induced heart attack on April 2021, which led Dash to share details of her own sobriety while Dash posted her raw, heartfelt reaction in, in video. Social media has reacted with everything ranging from sympathy to mockery. Many online used the shame clueless pun uh, to discuss Dash's lack of awareness. Okay, y'all, I'm ashamed. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know DMX died. I didn't know from a cocaine overdose. Dash said, although tears in her video uploaded to TikTok on Wednesday. First of all, hold on. I am six years and one month clean. Dash recorded the message filming herself seemingly from bed. It breaks my heart, breaks my heart. He lost it. Um, he lost he lost the demon of addiction. Please don't lose. Um, first of all, let's be clear. Um, Stacy Dash looks fucking terrible right now. Something's wrong with her. Like she literally is turned into a white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be like, there's nothing wrong with white girls. I'm just saying mm-hmm. she's a black woman that turned her skin white like fucking Michael Jackson. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a self hate problem, man. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Stacey Dash was on all the hip hop magazines. She always had a nice body and shit. Yeah. Real pretty. Well, I don't even, is Stacey Dash just black or is she biracial? Uh, I don't know. She got that New York. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. All mm-hmm. I know is she was sexy, man. And mm-hmm. Now, and she was just, you know, I hate it when black women do this shit, though. When it's like Stacey Dash wasn't chocolate, but she was like brown skinned, really mm-hmm. sexy, very attractive. 
And they turned themselves white. Same thing with Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim was fine as a motherfucker, man. Mm-hmm. Just sexy chocolate girl. Like, it was it was Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown was like the hot, sexy rapper girls back mm-hmm. in the day. Because I looked at some videos of, of uh, Foxy Brown and, like, she could stand toe-to-toe with all the hot chicks today. Like yeah. the Meg Thee Stallions and shit. Mm-hmm. She was the prequel to all that. Yeah. But it's she like looking pasty right here. She looked here. really fucked up, man. It looked like it's she kind of weird. Yeah, she looked like that movie Powder. You seen that movie Powder? Mm-mm. Yeah, she looked like. Some of these, she looked a little brown though. Nah, like hell no. That video, she was white as hell. No, I'm saying some other videos, she looked brown. So I'm wondering if it's the like if it's the nah, lighting or if it's ain't just... no lighting to make your ass look <laughs> that white. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Somebody's got to say something about that. Let me look up Stacy Dash. She's got to make some public appearance. I think it might. The white balance will make you look white, bro. Really? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was just scrolling through her. It was like a fan page to see, like, because she'd be posting TikToks and stuff. Because she's standing, like, right by a window. She'd be looking crazy. But outside of all that, like, how does she not know that DMX passed away? She said she'd been clean for six years. Man, she was on dope when she did that video. Yeah. She looked fucked up. It's still weird, um, no matter how many times we say it, for a person to be uh, crying on camera, like pressing record and just crying like that. That's weird to yeah, me. Yeah, it is weird. And then she, and then Stacey Dash, like, um, I guess when she had publicly mentioned she was conservative, which I, that doesn't matter whether you're conservative or not. A lot of black people gave her shit for being conservative, but she was the type of conservative that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. She was like Candace, like uh, what's her name, Candace uh, Owens, conservative. Mm-hmm. Where like, like, it, but I will say, in all fairness, Candace Owens, she makes some valid points mm-hmm. sometimes for sure. But some of that shit sometimes be seeming like it's kind of like some self hate shit going on. Mm, Whether she'll she'll bring up somebody like um, uh, fucking George Floyd and be like, George Floyd wasn't a saint. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you guys. I know you want me to say that. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, like, you just beating this shit down, man. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to, like, nobody deserved to die like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but the fact that you keep bringing it's just irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But anyways, she was getting shit for being conservative, Stacey Dash. And she went through that whole thing. And she showed her support for Trump mm-hmm. and all that, which I really didn't give a fuck about. But now she's, like, somewhere locked away in a dungeon looking like an uncooked french fry. <laughs> this shit's crazy. I don't yeah, care how much. She used to be so fire back in the day. Yeah, dude. She, like, dude, you look at this shit now, and you got you look at her nose too. That's mm-hmm. the giveaway. She cut her nose down because mm-hmm. you know, black folks, we got big noses, mm-hmm. right? We got those typical. We all come with a. Um, we all come with a um, a, a government issued nose. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you look at her nose now; it looks kind of thin, man. Mm-hmm. She got like a thin little pointy nose. Oh man, here goes Stacy Dash at forty eight. Look at her here. Mm-hmm. She's fine as a motherfucker at forty eight. Braids and everything, yeah, and fire. she's yeah, and darker too. Like like legitimately just like black. Mm-hmm. And then she turned into motherfucking uh, damn. She turned into the French fries from In and Out. <laughs> Those got to be the oh my god. I've said this before. In and out French fries are the fucking worst, man. Yeah. Don't first of all, you expect for me to wait in that line at In and Out for those mediocre burgers and then you add them fries to it? Nasty fries. I don't think people can think for themselves, man. 
People love them fries. They love those fries. These are the same people that vote in elections. Yeah. You know, I can't even trust you to know what a good burger is. <laughs> and you want, and you, I got to expect for you to go to the polls and vote for the right people. The burgers is decent. It's not like burgers the worst right. burger. Man, they, they are all right. right. I'm agreeing with you. But the fries is atrocious. Yeah. Every time I eat their fries, I just want to fight somebody. I don't know who. Yeah. I don't know who made these fries. I just want to fight. The ingredients is uh, potatoes, a little bit of salt, and a hint of cardboard. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're using, man. I've made better fries at home is what I'm saying. I could use the same potatoes and my fries would be like, would be better. I, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And they they fresh. For having fresh fries like right in the store, it should be like the most immaculate version of a fry. Yeah, they're doing something. I don't know what they're doing. And then you people be like, I'll be like, yo, they fries are nasty. Just do them animal style. I don't need to drench the motherfucker yeah, in sauce. Up. Yeah. The only time I like those fries is with ketchup. That's I like great. a lot of ketchup and a little bit of fry. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. And people going to give me shit for this. They're going to be like, Eddie, you low budget. You trash. I like Wendy's better than In-N-Out. Fight me. <laughs> yeah. I like Wendy's better than In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. And if you got a problem with it, I don't care. Wendy's got better fries. Wendy's got, in my opinion, I like their burgers just as much. Mm-hmm. Their burgers is good. Their burgers is real good over there. Especially you get them fresh. Yeah, Wendy's Burgers is good. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else got some fire-ass burger. Believe it or not, Denny's got something to say. Denny's Burger, big as a motherfucker. You, sm- you smacked that burger so fast. Oh, man, I ate that burger down. Nah, I had a... Uh... Shit, your girl fucked that burger. Well, no, she didn't. She didn't fuck it up. She left some of the burger there, I think. That Impossible. What did she get? It? it was like some Beyond. Oh, Beyond it was? Burger. I thought she had a real burger. Nah, heck nah. Uh, I had a, I had a uh, bacon cheeseburger at Red Robin today. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah. Tell us more, Keith. I didn't. I I devoured that mug, and mm. they, they got the bottomless fries. Oh, did you Robin. take advantage? I, t- I did not. I. It was like I had. They brought us like fries out, and then yeah. they brought um like the fries with the burger. So okay. I was like, a, yeah, a, yeah. They don't uh, bring enough though. They bring a little small amount. But it was <laughs> yeah, of course. But it was like the perfect amount. You know how like mm-hmm. you don't want to be like too full to where you like oh yeah wa- like limping out of the restaurant. Oh yeah, it was like the perfect amount. Um, and I left there satisfied, very satisfied. Oh man, my favorite fries there. I think they're like uh, um, what are they called? They have like this garlic. I think the garlic from. fries. Oh my goodness, fries. garlic parmesan. Uh huh. The garlic parmesan fries at Red Robin stand up with anybody's fries, yo. Mm-hmm. And and I get I forgot what the burger is called, but I like to get me like a double burger mm-hmm. with them bottomless fries. And mm-hmm. I'm shit. I'll, I'll go back. I'll have them send back for two. Yeah. Give nah, me, them fries is fire. Them fries fire. Then I have them give me some dipping sauce with them, some ranch. Oh, yeah. they man. have a like the smoked something sauce there that's fire. Really? Yeah, it was really good. It oh, tastes wow. like it's like. Thousand Island, but like with some smokiness with in some, it. Yeah. Like a hint, almost barbecue, but not barbecue. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, it was good. Yo, hold on, bro. I I think I've said it already before. Uh, Red Robin is better than in and out Oh, for sure. Yeah. Burgers and fries. The whole experience. The whole experience is better. Service, everything. Oh, yeah. Back in the day at Red Robin, they used to have a big-ass chicken that used to walk around and fuck with you. 
Really? Like yeah. a mascot? It's like a big mascot. But you'd be eating, and the mascot would be like, like you know, rubbing your shoulders or pushing you and shit back yeah, in the I'm day. I'm trying to eat a burger. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been a college student or something. But back in the day, Red Robin always had that mascot in there. I'm glad they got rid of that. Yeah, he probably catch him in the back smoking a cigarette on cigarette on his break. He probably smoking a blunt. If you if you wearing a fucking mascot head all day, you was stressed yeah. out like a motherfucker. Yeah, your life is not going as planned. No, nah. I don't think anybody is like, man, I want to be a Red Robin mascot when I grow up. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fifty year old nigga in there with nine kids trying to feed his family. <laughs> wearing that mascot head all day, <laughs> man. Yo, it's a video. I already, I think I already put it on Instagram, but it made me laugh. It was a mascot that was trying to do the electric slide on top of a dugout, and he fucking fell off the side. Oh of yeah, mm-hmm. that shit was hilarious. But he fucked himself up. And then yeah. Another dude, another mascot was in a suit, and he broke his leg, and the leg was like hanging like. The the mascot leg was obviously over his real leg, mm-hmm. but his real leg was broke, so the mascot leg was just flopping, and he was like, "Oh God, how did that happen?" Uh, oh, he was on roller skates. Oh, and he was going through the stadium, like I guess they were doing like some reenactment thing, and then he went into the wall. You know how at a baseball stadium they got those green soft pillars to where like if the baseball players hit the wall, they hit the pad. Well, the, the mascot hit the pad, but you got to realize the impact when you're on roller skates. And he was going fast as fuck. And then he caught it wrong, and his leg went up and snapped his leg. Mm. And he was just like, oh. You can see him like going crazy, like, oh, help, pointing at his leg. And imagine the mascot leg bent like this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, help me. Mm-hmm. Bro, that shit was funny. Damn. I normally don't laugh at injuries, but imagine the guy having a fucking rooster helmet on while his leg is broken the other way. Dang. So uh, he's skating on the little dirt, the little dirt out there? Yeah, but it was like hard dirt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the like the soft stuff. It was almost like AstroTurf. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. back back then they had like AstroTurf stadiums that yeah. they also used for football games too. Yeah. That AstroTurf back then was fucked up, man. You could hurt. They, remember they Carpets. used to. Yes. They mm-hmm. used to wear shoes on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was like, I remember man. the Rams. They would be greatest show on turf or something like that. Yes. The greatest show on turf. But people were getting fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. They're getting hurt big time. Yeah, still to this day, that's what they were saying with Odell Beckham. They were saying they gotta uh, change the uh, stadiums back to having regular grass. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This shit now is still fucked up. It's like <laughs> little pellets to come out. It's extremely hot too. Uh, it's hot. It's really, it's really hot. Like Uh-oh. all these these West Coast teams, um, like especially at the the beginning of the season, it's scorching out there. Yeah, they used yeah. to like. I don't know if you remember, like around the, the beginning of it, they used to have, especially because like college football, it's like the first couple weeks of college football, um, and you know co- it's around the country. It's a it's a college and a D one college everywhere. So what they would do sometimes is they like say Arizona State for example, yeah. um, they have a game on a, a Saturday afternoon. They'll have like the reporters go down there with like the temperature thing. And then, you know, they'll have these mist, the mist ACs and stuff on the sideline. And be like, yeah, it's reaching uh, temperatures of up to 115 degrees out here on the field. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, what are y'all doing, these man? These kids out here playing. They're playing on this nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's hot as fuck. All right, let's switch gears. Switching gears. Uh, California passes a bill to protect workers who smoke pot off the clock. Um, yeah, with this thing here, I think that uh, multiple things could be true about this. 
Hold on real quick. Here we are. All right. California passes bill to protect workers who smoke pot off the clock. Uh, California could soon become the seventh state in the United States to protect pot smoking employees. Assembly Bill 2188 passed Tuesday by the state Senate would amend the state's anti-discrimination laws. Ooh, yeah. And the Fair Employment and Housing Act to prevent companies from punishing employees who use cannabis outside work and test positive for the drug. A person can test positive in the hair or urine sample, uh, usually taken in pre-employment drug screening, even if they are not under the influence, but have smoked in the recent days or weeks. The bill would not would not apply to other drug other tests that might determine whether an employee is currently high. Uh, the bill uh, now heads to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk, and he has until the end of September to decide whether to sign it. Into law, if signed, the law would take effect January 1st, 2024. Goddamn, why so long? Um, currently, six other states, Connecticut, Montana, Nevada, New, Jer- New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island have enacted laws to protect employees who smoke marijuana at home and while off the clock. Uh, okay, here's my thing. I think they should allow employees to smoke off the clock, um, and I'll tell you why. You shouldn't allow employees to smoke off the clock at any job because the capitalist society we live in that that puts the amount of stress on us to work at jobs is so much that some people need to decompress and smoking a joint or taking a bong rip or whatever they're doing to help them out a little bit. Um, I don't believe in people smoking while they're at work, though. I think that's counterproductive. I think that if you're high as fuck at work, you're kind of embarrassing the company. So I think if you're high as fuck at work, you need to be fired for that. But I think when you get off work and you're off clock, that's your time. It's your business. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, man, I, I I don't see the problem. Not to mention, like, we allow people to drink alcohol that kills motherfuckers every goddamn day. People die all the time. Car accidents, DUIs, innocent people getting killed. Mm-hmm. But drinking is not a problem. Mm-hmm. But smoking weed is... We got to update this fucking outdated narrative. It's so stupid. It's just a it's just a ran down like there's nothing wrong with weed. Some people it could affect them and make them extra lazy. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I do feel that you should not be targeting anyone if they smoke. They need to, they need to take marijuana off the drug test, period. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be on anybody's drug test. Mm-hmm. Like if you smoke weed, it shouldn't even be, you shouldn't be tested for it. I, I say you need to be tested for meth. Mm-hmm. You need to be tested for meth and motherfucking fentanyl and shit like that, but not weed. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of a, there's so much research now and so many um, uh, research point to the benefits of, of smoking weed. But thing, even outside of that, just people wanting to smoke weed to have, um, just to have fun outside of the stresses and all the other things and and, you know people that have seizures and all that um it's just like this is just they got a new restaurant for those people what they got a new restaurant for those people that have those problems what it's called little caesars i'm just (laughs) little caesars little caesars pizza go ahead keith They had a play back in the day. Um, I think I I think I read it in school. It was called uh, 
Julius Caesar. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Is somebody mad? Like my brother has seizures, you fucking punks. Fuck you guys. I'm not listening to this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of the Apes had uh never mind. <laughs> oh fucking Caesar. <laughs> uh but no, it's it's just it's just it's such a like antiquated way of thinking. I mm. think that outside I think for me, outside of uh being in a restaurant, being at Red Robin, right. somebody coming in there smelling like the dankest weed. Yeah, um, it's just I don't want that mixed with uh with my burger. No. Or my bottomless fries. I don't want a fucking Reggie burger. <laughs> I don't want a Reggie burger. Who <laughs> hey, the fuck is smoking Reggie, man? I don't know what I'm more offended by. Somebody smoking Reggie or my fucking burger smelling like this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just, is. I think it's a time and a place for it. Um, especially the people that be smoking blunts. Like, you know, that stuff just stick to you. You just be smelling like that. Um, you know, like car services and stuff like that. Um, but just, just kind of doing it. Like I think pushing weed to a, a position where, um, or uh, like the settings that you kind of drink alcohol in, right? Um, but yeah, but more more privacy because you could drink alcohol in public in some in a lot of public places. Yeah. Um, but just kind of being respectful of people that don't smoke weed and people that are like trying to, you know, prevent their kids from getting secondhand, you know, smoke and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just it's crazy to think that in 2022, like there's still situations where you could be working at some like ridiculous job that has nothing to do right. with you know you being high, you know that they're still testing for these things. Um, it's just it's a trip. I, my brother had a, to do a drug test, um, and they they're not testing for weed obviously because he'd be smoking a lot. But um, they don't test for weed there. No. Oh wow. Yeah. They still yeah. Be smoking every day. But um but yeah, it's it's just uh it's just a trip to think that this is this is still a thing. But it it's it's funny because the the the, uh, recreational weed passed so so long ago that we haven't really thought about the fact that there's still laws that are, you know, inhibiting people from smoking weed as as much as they want to. Yeah, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I ain't got too much else to say about this, but I think that in the in the world we live in, where they're giving employees thirty minute lunches, man, mm-hmm. thirty minutes. You mean you want people to be productive all day? You only give them thirty minutes to have lunch, and mm-hmm. they're probably like, I can speak from a the you know the aspect of me when I used to work at a call center, mm-hmm. and they would be you'd be on calls, it'd be eight hour days, but you getting back to back calls. All day long, mm-hmm. angry customers, mm-hmm. angry people. My phone's not working. Blah blah blah. My phone's not working. This is the blah blah blah. And this is all day long, bro. That was a highly stressful job. I know a lot of people at that job that start drinking a lot and smoking weed a lot. Yeah, and I know. I remember even getting like uh, at McDonald's, you get you get like two tens or like two ten minute yeah. breaks. It's and like, one, what am I gonna do it in one thirty minute break too? Yeah, depending on how long you, you worked. worked right. um, but what am I going to do with 10 minutes? Like, that's what people go outside, smoke a cigarette or something like that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I clock out, 
I'm scrolling through Facebook or whatever and then, you know, look at a few things, you know, like a few posts. I'm already, it's already time to go back. Like, what am I going to do with what that? What am I going to do with that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. th- that's what it is. McDonald's or whatever else, they say, you're on my time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making, that ten, and that 10 minutes, and that 10 minutes that you took for your break, they made more money in that 10 minutes than you made the whole day. Yeah. Because they could probably get mm-hmm. three, three, four, three, four, twenty. $20 meal, $30 meal. Somebody might have ordered like $35, $40 worth of food and they pushing them all through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Online orders, all of that. They mm-hmm. may probably, it could get to the point where if a McDonald's is busy, it, in 10 minutes, it could make a couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I got nothing else on this, man. I think uh, my brain is starting to get a little, starting to get a little tired, man. Had a long yeah. weekend. Yeah, man. You it's know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I think we uh, we put in a lot of work in terms of like the um, we we not a two times a week podcast, but mm-hmm. just the effort it takes to remain consistent. Yes, especially on a on a Sunday. Yes, you know you only get two days off out of the week, and you know yes, we, we always find a way to make it happen. So mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like um, we 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 very very. Uh, rarely shortchange our listeners. No, we don't. Um, you know, so it's it's, it's definitely okay. Um, to- let me explain something to you guys, okay? For anybody that's gonna do this <clears throat> podcasting shit long term, or you 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 know you really you have it, you have the idea inside of, it, of you that you want to be successful at doing this. Um, Keith lost his uncle. Um, I lost my father recently. I lost two uncles. Yeah, he lost two uncles in mm-hmm. less than a fucking week or two weeks or so of each mm-hmm. other. I lost my father recently, a few weeks ago, and we never stopped podcasting. Yeah. Never. So when people say like, oh, man, I'm tired or things are going on, you just don't love it, homie. Yeah. You, you just, yeah. you just, it's not in you to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing about it is, is we've, is, it's not just, it's not like I'm forcing it. I'm not forcing it like, oh, I have to do this because I have to do it. No, I really love doing it. Mm-hmm. My father died, and literally two days later, I was on a podcast. My dad died on Friday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, I was podcasting. Does that make it any clearer for y'all that make excuses that you can't podcast? You just don't love it. That's the, the thing about um, the thing about life is that you can always find an excuse right. not to do something. You yep. can always find an excuse not to show up on time somewhere. You can always find an excuse not to go to the gym. You can yep. always find an excuse um, not to do whatever you, you say that you want or say that you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and when you realize like that whatever it is is just an excuse, you uh, you could start to move in a way where you like, okay, Although my my I have my uncle, uh, two of my uncles, um, my cousin, all passed yep. away during the the duration of yes, they did. of this podcast, and we still found a way to um, to, to 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 get content out, or even like you know outside of like people passing away, even like I have things that go on, like I have like mm-hmm. different seminars and stuff that I do, and we just move it around. Okay, mm-hmm. let's record on Friday. Oh, I'm going to New York. Okay, let's record two podcasts mm-hmm. this weekend and just drop it. So, excuse me. It's um when you when you really want something, you'll make it happen. And um this is just like 
our podcast, but we are starting to move this same way in our lives. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's where the true power is. Yeah. Because it's a person out there like they faithfully, um, I don't know, maybe they faithfully uh, watch football, right? No matter what's going on in life. They could be uh, they could be in church and they may have a little earbud in their ear and listening to the game on the radio, whatever the case may be. But imagine if we took that same amount of des- uh, uh, consistency, that same amount of dedication that you take watching football every Sunday and applying it to something that really could yeah. get you somewhere. Because there's some people that are probably listening. Who knows? Because you never know who's listening. They're like, oh, guys, you guys are just doing a podcast. Chill out, bro. Uh, well, let's be clear. Let's 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 so you can understand and comprehend what this means. Me and Keith have literally done a production for over four years that's averaging over an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes, a lot of times over two hours of nonstop content with no dead air. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all off the head. Mm-hmm. That is minimally produced. So everything that me and Keith has done, it's in one shot. We don't mm-hmm. even cut the podcast up. Mm-hmm. We do it boom, 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 nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. So we've done that for over four and a half years, every single week for over four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that got some slicks to say, when have you ever put that much effort in your own life? I'll wait. Mm-hmm. In any facet of your life, when have you been that consistent for anything that you stand up for? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about how hard that is to do for people. We always got an excuse. We always got something that we can't do. Oh, man, I'm tired. Oh, I've been stressed out. Oh, no, you just don't love it because you yeah. make an excuse to do everything else. You know, you know what? I had a um, I, I, it wasn't powerful in like in, in a way where most people might might think that it would be powerful. But um, I was having a conversation. My grand, my mom went to go see my grandma um, and she called me. She was like, hey, your, your uncle is right here. So like he didn't really get on the phone. But that's mm-hmm. another story. Uh, but my grandma hopped on the phone and she was basically saying, you know how grandmas are. They want to see their grandchildren and stuff like that. And she was like, um, you know, you you got a lot going on, but you got to you got to make time to come see me. She was like, whatever, whatever you got going on in life, you know, uh, you know that I am more important than, than that, whatever you got going on. And I was like, you're right. I was like, I agree with you. I was like, I'm not even going to put up no fight. I'm not going to make no excuses as far as like why. I haven't seen you in X amount of time. Um, you're right. And she was like, well, you, she was like, well, you know, I'm looking for an argument right now, but you just agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, but, you know, I just say that to say like, you know, there's a version of that conversation where it could be like, grandma, I've been so I've been, busy I've been with so, work. Yeah. But it's like, like, no, like it's, you just make time. We make time for the podcast. We make time yes. to see, you know, uh, we make time to if it's a you know if you single and you trying to smack something you gonna make time whatever to, thank you're you. always gonna make time for the stuff that you want so. yeah I think that if I think that we and a lot of times we don't have time but you make time mm-hmm. like if imagine mm-hmm. this in, in a perfect world we say oh I need a break I need a break I think you can still fit a break in there that doesn't mean you stop being on your purpose mm-hmm. like even like I'm a pretty busy dude. But let's just say, you know, I did get in a committed relationship. I would then be making time for me and her to go out together places, Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm even if I'm tired, that I am putting it down in a bedroom, Mm -hmm. maybe a few times a week, Mm -hmm. whatever, um, that I'm also thoughtful, that I'm also complimenting her or whatever the case, Mm -hmm. like making that a priority, just adding it on to the other priorities that I have in my life. Mm -hmm. I can't just be like, oh, I'm busy. And you're here with me now, but 
you're just here with me. I'm not going to apply any effort because I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about everything you add on in your life. Everything. Whether it's a new business, you have to be intentional. You have to be consistent in that. Whatever it is. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't stop, man. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It, when, go ahead. I was going to say one thing you pointed to, too, is like how you, how you're feeling is no, is not an excuse Mm-mm. to act any kind of way. Mm-mm. If you're tired, that doesn't mean you don't take your kids out to the movie or Mm-mm. they don't do that. Like, you know, drink an energy drink or get drink your some ass coffee and, and get up and do it. Because mm-hmm. like I said, once you start to get in that habit of like, consistently making excuses for not fulfilling the things that you're going to your whole life will turn into excuses that's what happens you know like oh man my my bad Eddie I can't I can't do the podcast this week man Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm a little exhausted you know what I mean I have never heard Keith this is the honest honest to God truth I've never heard Keith in the four and a half years that we've been doing this well over four and a half now but oh man I can't do the podcast I have not heard him say that once yeah not one time have I ever heard Keith say, oh, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I have heard him say, hey, we might need to crank out two this week. I got to head to New York. Mm-hmm. Keith has went out of state. I've had situations happen. I've been at work super late, super tired. I've had meetings. He has all kind of shit, and mm-hmm. we've always made it work. Mm-hmm. I think as time progresses and the further you get along in your own personal journey, the less tolerance you have for other people's excuses. Yeah. Because when you, the more heavy shit you go through in life, my dad gave me his cancer diagnosis while we were recording. Mm-hmm. And I and all I did, that's the only time we did a cut to. I went and took my dad's car because he was calling me back to back, told me he had cancer, and I finished the episode. And no one knew that I announced that my dad had cancer until I finally announced it. Mm-hmm. Y'all just don't love what you do, bro. Mm-hmm. You just don't love it. If you loved it, like think about the, the 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 love that a mother or father have for their child and the lengths that they will go for their child to make sure that child is okay. That's the type of energy you need to put into your life. Yeah. And and, the, and me and Eddie, we not young. Like I'm thirty years old. You know what I mean? And we are, but yeah, we're not. We're not in terms tw- of our journey. You right, know what I mean? Right. But we not no spring chickens no, out here. Like we, no. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't say that we're not young, but we're mature. hundred percent. Right? I'm 37. Very mature though. age, right? Yeah. And we don't we don't have time to just be like, oh, I think I want to do this podcasting thing. You know, it's we get calls and stuff all the time from people, um, and they're like, yo, like I want to get started. What should I buy? You know, I want to do this. What should I buy? Follow uh, up with it. And, and yeah, but it's. At, it's it's one of those things where it's like dog we we only getting older yeah every single day and you know try that thing and that's that was oh that's one thing i wanted to share i'm kind of glad we kind of had this off the cuff conversation so i'm um and i'm gonna make a little little instagram video for for my uh app page but basically i'm i'm talking to uh you know you know how the youtube algorithms work and this is just the power of the internet but I'm uh, scrolling through uh, YouTube and there's a bunch of SEO or search engine optimization um, ads popping up on my YouTube. So, you know, search engine optimization is essentially um, it's uh, like some sort of coding that goes into your um, your websites that allow your your uh, your websites to be higher up in the searches. Or if you're searching a product, it will it will go higher. So there's a way where you can do like certain coding and stuff. 
or you could pay for a service that will allow for your website to, to be higher up when people search said thing, right? So uh, for those of you that don't know, I have an app. It's a songwriting app um, on the App Store and on the, uh, on the um, Google Play Store. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting that these keep popping up. Let me see what pops up if I search songwriting apps. So I Google songwriting app and um, the it was like, the first article is like the you know the Google ads. Mm-hmm. It's like the paid stuff that pops up right when you do it, but it kind of looks out of place because you know it's paid for. So you know a lot of times, like I don't know, I, I kind of tend to skip those because I'm like I don't want to be sold anything, right? So the first two were like just ads, and I think I don't remember what the website said, but um, I scroll down and like the third or fourth art, uh, the third or fourth thing was this article. So I was like, oh, this is like the perfect thing. Like, this is what I'm looking for. I want to see what the market looks like. And a lot, a, lot, a little bit of it is like fear because I'm like, dang, I'm working on this. I'm still putting things together. I'm still putting money towards it. I'm still trying to market the app to get it out to people. Right. Um, but like, I'm like, dang, I don't want it to be like super competitive because, um, you know, it's people out there with a lot more money than I, than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm still kind of working on it. Right. So I click on the article. And it was like the top four songwriting apps, right? Um, and I'm like, oh, this is like perfect. So I can I can s- look at certain ideas, maybe implement them in, in my app. Yeah, refine it. And, yeah, exactly. And just kind of like, you know, put my own spin on it or whatever. So I go in there and, uh, you know, the articles, top four songwriting apps, they give a whole little introduction. And the first app is called Thule. Thule is an app owned by Joyner Lucas. Like, so it's like a... Wow. It's an app that has... Um, you can upload, uh, not upload, but you can like purchase beats on there. It has like the songwriting split sheet. So if you're working with like you're co-writing with somebody, you know, y'all could bust down the splits and, you know, the person that wrote the hook could get this percentage. The person that wrote the verse could get this percentage. And um, I think it has like cer- certain other contracts and stuff on there. So, you know, it's Jordan Lucas, of course. He's, you know, he's he's pretty successful. So that's, how, that's definitely going to be like the number one thing, right? Number two was this like, another thing but it's like a like sheet music like you know what you would you know put on top of a piano and then read it and 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 stuff like that um so i was like oh it's not that's not really like songwriting in terms of like what i'm talking about so that's not that's not that big of a deal um so i scroll down one more and then my app is on on there it's number three apollo 16 is on there so I was freaking out like, yo, this is this is so crazy. Like yeah. an article by a person I've never met before in my life. And um, it was just it was a powerful moment for me because it shows like whatever it is that, you know, you working on out there, just put it out. Yeah. Like it may, the, the, the app for me is still some bugs in there, still some things that need to be changed, still some things that I want to add on there. But for me to be essentially number two number two songwriting app, you know, next to Joyner Lucas is a huge it's deal huge. for, fucking, yeah. you know, for, in terms of a person like that's just put his own hard earned money into the app and, you know, just threw it up on the app store. So, um, I, I guess for me, it was just, a uh, like for anybody listening, like whatever that idea is you have, whether it's a, a taco truck or I don't know, you got some desserts you want to sell online or you got a clothing line, whatever the case may be, just just start. And you just never know, you know, especially with the power of the Internet, your 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 uh, whatever business can be on, a you know, the top five restaurants in Bakersfield or whatever. Yeah. You just don't you just never know. So um, just do it, man. Yeah, man. Most mm-hmm. definitely. 
And with that being said, folks, we appreciate you. If you made it to the send it, oh, let's do this again. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>